today on Keep Classical Weird, another instrumental rapid-fire round. Place a bet right now on which instrument we're talking about here. But also, just it's like the sound of friendship to me. The sound of friendship. It's true. That's so sweet. Welcome, friends, to episode 52 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today's episode is a full rapid-fire round from trumpet player Catherine Evans. I interviewed Catherine way back for episode 11 of the podcast, and in addition to being a dynamite trumpet player, I chose her specifically because she does not present any attributes of what people would think of when picturing a stereotypical trumpet player. She's a... she first of all, which has historically been a minority gender in the field of brass, and her tempered and quiet demeanor would throw anyone off the scent of having a strong ego. But make no mistake, Catherine's trumpet playing is fierce. Here's her rapid fire round, giving her impressions of other orchestral instruments. Enjoy. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the rapid fire? I think so. Okay. (laughs) All right. It's going to be great. All right. Okay. Flute. Okay. So... Flute, this general stereotype is like a very delicate feminine instrument. People who decide to play like a pretty instrument because it's small enough to fit in your handbag. Um, But in fact, like nothing could be farther from the truth. (laughs) Those people are really, really dedicated and their parts are really complicated. It's always exposed and it takes more air to play than any other instrument. So they're just like a little scary, actually. (laughs) I tend to agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 Oboe. Oboe. Um, so generally, like very brave, dedicated, introverted, quiet, and generally, I mean, a lot of the oboists I've met have been very unassuming. But of course, they also have an extremely um, exposed parts to play in the orchestra and like these sort of foundational solos. Um, and they're they're constantly kind of having to be re-humbled by having to remake their reads every three minutes. <laughs> and so they're never quite sure what's going to come out. And yet they have to be like rock solid, reliable, no matter what. <laughs> So, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> clarinet. So, clarinet, um, I think it's, this really gave me a little bit of pause. I mean, they're kind of chameleons in some ways because the clarinet is um, used in so many different types of music and klezmer and jazz and, um, and as well as classical music. And the tone quality can change so much in each of these different genres. So again, like my early stereotype was, you know, kind of a kind, soft-spoken, Hufflepuff kind of person. Um, but in fact, they can be really dramatic. <laughs> and they're it's like, just like trumpet players talking all the time about equipment and reeds and mouthpieces and barrels and bells and like all sorts of things. I think part of it is that they can play really, really softly. Like that's one of the things the clarinet can do so, so beautifully. Um, so they can kind of sneak into a texture and then just gradually make themselves more and more known. <laughs> That's very true. I'm, I'm just thinking fun. about how that last detail informs personality. Yes, I think so. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, because okay. yeah, the realization of what I thought of them was the same. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> a bassoon. So bassoon. Oh, my gosh. I love the bassoon so much. So I have absolutely no... Um, 
I don't, I guess the stereotype is more like they're quirky and fun people, also pretty quiet. Um, but man, the sound of that instrument is so gorgeous. And so I, the only thing I could think of was that I totally love sitting behind the bassoons, but they do not love sitting in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but more than anything, I mean, a good friend of mine in college was a fantastic bassoon player. So I sat behind her in orchestra for four years. So every time I hear the bassoon, I just think, first of all, that they're going to know where they're coming in so I can follow them. But also just, it's like the sound of friendship to me. The sound of friendship. It's true. That's so sweet. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. I love that. It's the sound of friendship. It Um, really is. It's so, and and like, it, it, it doesn't ever leave me. I mean, I think partially, um, I mean, all the bassoonists that I've played with have been really great. So they're always, I usually know them and I make friends with them. But but I think it did start with that one sort of four-year experience. Wow. Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. French horn. So French horn, also I had difficulty with because they actually, I think their personalities range a fair amount. I mean, it's just like the instrument does, but sort of, it's part of the brass section, but it's also part of the wind section. They've got a lot of different duties um, musically in different um, capacities. Um, and I think a lot of that just gets overshadowed because the only thing people can think of is how hard it is to play. (laughs) I mean, it's just, you know, they're brave, but also I was like, well, how did they become these kinds of, you know, sort of a bridge between the different sections? Um, and how come they have, they come in all sorts of different personalities. And I think some of it has to do with how a lot of people come to play the French horn, just usually that they start on some other instrument and then a band director walks by and drops one in their lap and says, here you go. I've noticed you can read music. Uh-huh. <laughs> here's yeah. a new cleft for you to learn. And here's this instrument with a, you know, a bunch of tubes. Um, go for it. <laughs> That's very interesting. I don't, yeah. I, and I'm not in an orchestra world. I'm actually not familiar with a lot of like band instrument origin stories so that's yes yeah that makes a lot of sense though yeah it's really interesting and so I think you get a lot of different people you know different types of people who end up that way and then they love the sound right and they love the challenge of playing the instrument and then you do have both a the you know sort of the glue or the blend of the of the brass section coupled with some really amazing like sort of strong section horn playing um so there's there's a lot to love about playing that instrument that is so cool oh that's so cool all right so trumpet is you so we're gonna skip that one and we're gonna go to trombone okay trombone um also pretty versatile i was thinking you know most of the trombonists that i know are pretty easygoing and they have like lots of really quirky outside interests in other fields like computer science and audio recording and math for example and so um i thought that was kind of neat as i thought about all the trombonists that I know like oh all of them have a really major sort of secondary like hobby or love um even when they're obviously quite dedicated to the trombone as an instrument but they're also I mean the the tone quality is so open and so you know can can vary from very you know mellow and beautiful and warm to just you know sort of blasting the core out of an audience (laughs) and I think they like all of that (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, they dig so. all of that. Yeah, that's probably Pretty much, true. Yeah. That's I probably think so. true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, how about tuba? 
So tuba is just amazing. I mean, to me, because a brass player, it's like the foundation of everything. It's like it can be the most important sound of the orchestra and just lift the entire thing like up off our chairs and, you know, set the tone for the entire piece. And, um, and I think, you know, they do it in such a subtle way. I don't think people are always aware of how, like, you know, foundational, I guess, as a pun, no pun intended, but, but really true. I mean, um, to the, to the orchestra that the tuba is. And, and I, and that's just a, such a beautiful sound. So I'm mostly in awe all the time. Cause I have no idea how I would operate such a huge instrument. Yeah. There's but that too. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, you know, they play the same stuff, um, as trumpet players. And yet it seems like it should be a lot harder on the tuba <laughs> than on the trumpet. So then I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yes, how did that happen? That's not fair. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's generally how I feel about them. They're oh. always really nice. <laughs> They're always really nice. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, okay, so the next one, the violinist, just so you know, it's, I'm not the violinist providing feedback for this. I've, I've asked another violinist to do that. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, just in case you were also, I'm fascinated by whatever people have to think about the violin. Oh, so like, I know you and I know each other, um, yeah. <laughs> but we don't, but you don't have to yeah. necessarily think of, you know, but, but you can just, it can be violinist in total. You don't have to worry about. Oh yes. About you. Yeah. <laughs> that's int- yeah. No, that's true. I actually, well, it's interesting because I do think that I, you know, this, the string section, it's true. I just know less about strings or have fewer, concepts of what I think personality wise they know who they are and I think it's because a lot of times I the people that I meet who are string players I know them from a slightly more separated um position like I'll meet them at lunch or I will be talking to them about things other than um you know other than music yeah but violinists I think when I was younger I always just thought of them as um I mean just very accomplished very dedicated lots of notes, <laughs> but, um, also about style. Like most of them have really good style and I always wanted their shoes. Oh, really? I, like, I want violin shoes. I do not want my own shoes. <laughs> Where have they found the shoes that I'm seeing them wear at the concert? <laughs> You're actually talking about fashion. Yes. Pretty much fashion. Yep. Wow. I know. That's a fascinating. I think, I think a lot of my um, my, my knowledge of the, of the violinist as a full section came from youth orchestra and from also from my college orchestra. And frankly, in my college orchestra, almost the entire string, the, almost the entire violin section was pre-med. Oh, okay. So I am not sure <laughs> if I really got the violinist experience <laughs> or if I got the pre-med with violin experience. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't, you know, but and violin is still there. So that's still totally valid. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh, I I know. I'm having, by the way, this is, you're my third interview for this Mm -hmm. episode in total. It's so fascinating. Just so you know (laughs) what's happening. Yeah. So viola. Okay. So violas, um, so they have the stereotype of being the butt of every joke, right? But I actually have no idea where that came from. I don't know if there was an origin or how that started. Um, but, but I feel very similar about the viola than as I do about the bassoon that it's just a beautiful it's just a gorgeous instrument the tone quality is lovely um 
And all the violists I know are like really smart and thoughtful and very strategic about music making. And um, yeah, I mean, I wish I heard it more. (laughs) 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 Almost undid everything you said. (laughs) But just that last little bit. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah. And I agree with all of it, too. Uh, (laughs) It's so true. Cello. Cello. So I basically still have the classic, like, romantic stereotype of, you know, long, beautiful melodies and soulful faces. Um, But um, but then I was was chatting with somebody and they were like, no, no, you have to talk about how they buy extra seats on the airplanes for their cellos and that they have lots of frequent flyer miles. (laughs) And that, you know, sometimes they talk about their cellos like children and things like that. So... Yes. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always, um, you know, the people that I know who, who, like, that I know personally who are cellists tend to be, like, really energetic, really friendly, really capable, kind of all around, um, sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, not generalists necessarily, but um, but very sort of open-minded, I guess. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with you yeah. on that. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, actually, because yeah. that's a very different. Like it's a, it's a, it's actually kind of a different uh, group stereotype in person than it is about the instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, bass. Bassists are just cool. They're really chill. Mostly like very gentle, kind people. Some are a little neurotic. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, um, but it's kind of interesting. It's like everything that they do, it sounds great. It's, and it seems like it's just, a group of people who are bonded by the, the the fact that like at some point earlier in their in their training they got really attached to a very particular sound and decided to like make it worth carrying around for the rest of their lives <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> yes literally and figuratively i mean i think um i mean i know the bassists get a lot of flack about that from people it's like why is this instrument so big and you know I can't believe you'd choose such a large instrument and how are you going to carry it? But it doesn't matter because the sound is just, it's so individual. It's so particular. And I think they, I think people do have a, a, a very specific attachment to it, which it's, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, harp. Harp. Fun and interesting and like a lot more complicated than it looks because of all those pedals like seven pedals and I don't know what they do or don't do. <laughs> and they seem really, they have to be really meticulous and, and they have to, they have to come really early to rehearsal. So, <laughs> so mostly it's, you know, when the brass players get there an hour early and they are looking, looking for a place to warm up and the stage is already taken because the harp is just tuning, which they have to because <laughs> they, I know that's yes. Yeah. And that's one thing I know about, string players too we get such a bad rap but that's because you know we don't have to warm up our face exactly we can roll exactly. out of bed and just uh, yes. so <laughs> the 959 for a 10 o'clock a yeah that's Why fine not? i mean it is fine well that's the thing it is fine i mean if i tried that it would not be fine <laughs> and you know it's not for me personally it's not fine anymore when i was 23 super okay could show up anywhere and play mm-hmm. and then go you know 
get drunk yep. or whatever I was going to do after that. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, now I need to like, if I show up, if I do that kind of stuff now, I'm like, my pinky has just decided to not work anymore. Like just weird <laughs> things like that. Or yes. I got to remember where all the notes are on my instrument, like every day. Yes. <laughs> That's, it's, it's actually so interesting you say that because I was just I'm thinking to myself, what is it? I only have to use three fingers, right? To play my instrument. It should not be rocket science. And I'm like, I can't figure out this third finger anymore what's going what's happening like i'm playing patterns that i've known for my whole life and i'm like watching it go by like wait a second okay let me just give it another three minutes (laughs) it's fine right like how does that change you're like i don't know like it's it's like are are the neurons flying at a slightly different speed i mean once you get (laughs) i'm not sure that's a whole other topic we could talk about yes it is um, <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you want that you want to say? Ooh, percussion. I forgot it again. Oh my gosh, I forgot it twice. Please, percussion. Percussion. Okay, so they're like they're, it's so complicated. It's really complicated, and they're strategic planners. I have no idea how they do it, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like it's like synchronized swimming back there, <laughs> where they're you know handing off instruments and sticks and parts, and there's literally no way. I mean, they just have to be so precise. And playing with a great percussionist is amazing. I mean, <laughs> it just makes everything go. And you just realize like a new energy inside that rhythm that you never thought was possible. And now it's time for a shout out to the podcast's new patrons. Here come another three listening and beverage recommendations. Tina G, a classic for you. The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Dukan, accompanied by a bubbly, limey, and magical gin and tonic in a chilled glass with ice. Joseph B, I'm going to recommend the Prelude to Bach's first cello suite. A cello performance will do, but if you can find a performance on YouTube of the piece on marimba, that should go really well with a dry but Swedish Cabernet Sauvignon. Blake M. Scherzo, Opus 2, Number 14 by the amazing Clara Schumann. Listen with a chocolate stout and let those ears and taste buds enjoy. If you would like a shout out on the podcast, go to patreon.com slash keep classical weird. $3 a month will earn you a shout out and access to all the podcast bonus content. And that's our show for today. My greatest thanks to my good friend and colleague, Catherine Evans, for being such a good sport. Our theme music is composed by not dead composer Thomas Barber. Check out more of his stuff at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird.